Ray's been talking about several things leading up to Passover, and I'm going to sort of continue in that tradition. I hope not stepping on anything he's going to say. And what I want to talk about is Passover as being a season of liberty. In today's gospel reading, in Matthew 15, verses 8 and 9, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teaching are but rules taught by men. The idea there is, first off, that the worship that they give is useless. In other words, it's in vain. So they're worshiping God, they're doing all the right things, they're going through the form. This was when the second temple was still up and running. So they were doing the sacrifices, and everything is commanded by God, they were doing. But Yeshua is saying, it's a waste of time. You're doing this in vain. God isn't paying any attention to you. And what I want to talk about is human institutions. And what happens to human institutions is over time, they all, everyone, without exception, become corrupt. So what you have in the gospel reading is the institutions that are set up by God, which is probably pretty well designed, would be my guess. You know, God sets it up, it's probably designed pretty well. Yet we humans, over time, manage to mess it up. And that happens to all institutions. And an institution is set up for a purpose. The only reason to make an institution is if you have a reason to do so. So there's some purpose that they're set up for. And in the case of Israel, the institutions are set up to facilitate the worship of God and to keep Israel moving along in God's covenant. And Israel manages to mess it up several times, we see in Scripture. And in fact, the passage that we have in today's scripture that I just read from is part of Isaiah 29. And I'll talk about that toward the end, but Isaiah 29 is the exile passage. Some of you may remember, we've talked about it before, that there's a process of exile. And I'll read that to you in a minute, but what Yeshua is saying by quoting this particular passage is, guys, you've messed this up and you're about to go into exile. And of course, we know that they are. They don't know it at that time. But what I want to talk to you about is what do you do with corrupt human institutions? If you've been reading the news, you'll recognize that there are lots of corrupt human institutions floating around right now. Now, there always are. Fortunately, not always in the same place. In other words, as people leave one corrupt institution, they go somewhere else and they set up another institution which is designed to cure the corruption that they're leaving from. And eventually, over time, that one becomes corrupt and the process continues. So my thought today is, what do we do with these corrupt institutions? Why do they go astray? I'm sure everybody here is familiar with the quote from Lord Acton, which says, power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. You've all heard that, I'm sure. I will gently suggest that that's not quite correct. What it is, is power attracts corruptible people. In other words, if there is a source of power somewhere, and it can be anything from your neighborhood association, you've all read horror stories about neighborhood associations that sue their members because they don't have their flowers trimmed. So any source of power will attract 
people who are prone to corruption. The nature of the beast. Unfortunately, because we are human, there are lots and lots of us that are prone to corruption. Now, some of us are proof against some things and other are proof against other things, but in most things, most of us can be corrupted. And unfortunately, there are people who make a career out of being corrupt. Now, when I say corrupt, I'm not necessarily talking about the mafia. It can be much lower than that. As I say, the homeowners association, where you get somebody in the homeowners board that has got this thing about something and is just hell-bent on bending everybody in the neighborhood to his will. That's corrupt. But you understand what I'm saying? Any organization of people represents a source of power. Powers in groups of people, because they can be made to do things, or they can be fleeced, or whatever. Such centers of power will tend to attract people who are prone to corruption. And you know, some institutions last a long time. Some institutions don't last very long at all. So what Yeshua is saying here in the passage in the gospel is that this set of institutions that I set up, I'm firmly Trinitarian, I believe Yeshua is God, so he's the one that set it up. This set of institutions that I set up, you guys have finally managed to make it so corrupt that I'm going to have to move you all out and we're going to go into exile for a while and then we'll try it again later. And it's been 2,000 years at this point. So, let's look at some institutions. And I'm going to talk about three of them, just in general. First off is government. And I'm not just talking about our government, but I'm talking about any government. In the case of our government, however, one of the things that it was created to do was preserve liberty. Founding documents to secure for our posterity the blessings of liberty. That was the stated purpose for which it was set up. And it was also set up to provide for the common defense. And it was set up to preserve order. And at this point, it is rapidly in the process of becoming tyrannical. And again, I don't need to go through the news with you all. You all know that. Look at schools. What's the basic purpose of a school? It's to pass on the morals and culture of one generation to the next. Now, in that process, teaching them how to read and write and do arithmetic and all that kind of stuff is a useful thing to do. But human beings are the only creatures that I know of that come out of their mother without instincts that are going to serve them the rest of their life. Human beings have to be trained. That's why it takes somewhere around 18 years before a child is launched off into the world on his own because it takes that long to turn them into a fully functioning human being. It just does. So part of that process is schooling. And yeah, there's some skills that have to be learned. You know, you got to teach them to read and that kind of stuff. But the important thing that you're teaching them is how to be a human being in our society. What are our values? What are our morals? What are our foundations? What kind of a citizen do we want you to be? But more important, what kind of a person do we want you to be? Certainly you're going to be a member of our group, our society, our state, whatever. But what kind of a person do we want you to be? And that's what a school is supposed to do. And I will gently suggest that's what our schools are doing. Which is why homeschooling is becoming so popular. Because lots of people look at what our schools are doing and say... That's not the kind of a human being I want to have come out at the end of 18 years when I launch this little rascal into the world. I will suggest that, again, 
Schools are a source of power, and they are in the process of becoming corrupt. And what you see in the homeschool movement, in the charter school movement, all of these movements, is you see people coming out of those institutions because the institutions are no longer doing what they were designed to do. And again, that is normal. Every human institution does that over time. Let's look at churches. Every one of you here came from somewhere else. So in a sense, you came out of something. You may have come out of the Baptist church, you may have come out of the Catholic church, you may have come out of the Methodist church, whatever. With the exception of our children, nobody here has grown up in this. Why did you come out? And I will suggest that every one of you has a different story. Lots of different reasons why you came out of those institutions. But what's the purpose of a church? Why do we have churches? In our particular society, and oh, by the way, in biblical Israelite society, the purpose of a church is, of course, spiritual teaching and shepherding. In other words, we all are sheep and we all tend to go astray. And it helps to be in a flock with a shepherd that can sort of grab you by the stacking swivel and put you back in the herd. That, I mean, that's a good thing. Do charity. But in Israel and in the United States, one of the biggest functions of a church is as a counterweight to government. Think about that a minute. What our particular form of government and the Israelite form of government depends on is a moral people. And it depends on something outside of government that reaches into government when government starts to go astray and say, hey, wait a minute, O king, you're going astray. That's what the prophets in Israel did. They would walk into the throne room, look the king right in the eye, grab him by the necktie and say, I'm going to talk, you're going to listen, O king, you're going astray. Now, periodically the king would then slaughter the prophet. I mean, you know, it was sort of a give and take thing. But the purpose of a church is that there is an authority higher than the secular government. And I will gently suggest that what we're seeing now after 250 years is our churches have become an adjunct of government. Have you ever had a pastor quote to you from Romans? Romans 13? It's your responsibility to obey the secular authority. Well, no, it's not. Sorry. It's your responsibility to be well-behaved. There's a difference between being well-behaved and obeying the secular authority. I'm not going to go into a long discourse in Romans. I don't think he's talking about the Roman Empire. But the idea is that the church has now become a servant of the state instead of a counterweight to it because a church represents a center of power. And what happens is centers of power attract people who are able to be corrupted just happens. And I'm not throwing rocks at the Catholic Church or the Methodists or the Episcopalians or the Baptists or anybody else. It's everybody. And everybody here has come out of one of those churches for a variety of reasons. Every one of us. We looked at the church that we were in and we said, huh, this church isn't doing what I think a church should do, whatever that is. And they say, every one of you has got a different story, you've got a different attitude, and I'm not trying to pigeonhole you. But every one of you has looked at the church that he was in and said, that church isn't doing what I think a church should do. So you came somewhere else. And you may leave here when we get corrupt, if we ever do, and I hope we won't. But that ain't the way to bet, quite frankly. You will look at us and you'll say, they aren't doing what I think a church should do. And you'll go find one that does. And so what Yeshua is saying here is, the institution that I've set up has become corrupt. It's no longer serving the purpose for which I made it. I'm going to take it out. 
and oh, by the way, that doesn't just apply to biblical Israel. There's a reason that empires don't last very long. is because they become corrupt and they get sanded off. Not necessarily in as dramatic a fashion as the Egyptians got sanded off when God was making a point, but they always do. And so what the Exodus is about, Passover, is about God reaching in to a corrupt institution and grabbing his people and bringing them out of it. It's about liberty. It's about freedom. Because the nation of Egypt had descended into corruption and had enslaved his people. So God says, all right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull my people out of there and I'm going to do it in a way so that nobody can miss what happens. You know, the Roman Empire fell. I will gently suggest that most people, except for historical specialists, can't tell you why it fell. Everybody can tell you what happened with the Exodus because God wrote it in great big magic marker across the sky. This is what's going on. Pay attention. Other empires have been more subtle. And I will suggest that the American empire will also be more subtle. Now, one of the things that power sources tend to do is they tend to do things like loyalty oaths. You join our church, you've got to sign this statement of belief. You've got to believe this way and you've got to sign that. You join our country, you've got to take this pledge. The reason for that is because the corrupt know that people have a lot of inertia. And the corruption can go a long way before people who have signed a loyalty oath will finally say, enough, I'm out of here. So all of those things are designed to keep you in this institution while that corrupt institution, which no longer does what it was designed to do, uses you for whatever purposes it is corrupt. And and, and again, it varies. It may be just we want all of our lawns cut to two and a half inches and edged properly and all that. I mean, it may be as simple as that. So you have to sign a covenant as part of the homeowner association. Nothing wrong with covenants if you enter into it knowing what you're doing. So, one of the things that's going on right now, worldwide, and also in the United States, is there are a number of secessionist movements going on. We all know of one that's going on in northern Colorado right now, where they're sort of rumbling around and saying, we don't want to be governed by Denver anymore. And I don't know what their particular thing is. I'm not pushing for that. You've had the former Soviet Union scatter off and become a number of countries that they were before. In the United States, the state of Maine used to be part of Massachusetts. They seceded. The state of Kentucky used to be part of Virginia. The state of West Virginia used to be part of Virginia. The state of New Hampshire used to be part of New York. In every case, people there said, no, we don't want to be Virginians. We don't want to be Massachusetts. We don't want to be New Yorkers. We want to be who we are. And they split off. And you see that going on again in the United States. California has got a ballot initiative that they're considering breaking up into six states. Texas, when they came into the union, maintained the ability to break up, I think, into five states. So as you live somewhere and where you live no longer suits what you believe, the idea that you break away is perfectly normal. And that breakaway can be either 
peaceful or violent. Remember, the, the southern half of the United States tried to break away and we fought a war over it. Sometimes it's very friendly. Czechoslovakia broke up. And the Czechs and the Slovaks get along just fine. There wasn't any war. You know, the Czechs were part of the old Habsburg Empire, and the Slovaks, you know, we've been forced to be together since World War II. We don't like you that much, so we're going to split off. And it was peaceful. Russia is re-establishing its dominance in the Crimea. The Crimea used to always be part of Russia. Now, again, there's a bunch of other stuff going on, and I don't think that's very benign. But the point is, boundaries change. And they change based on people's understanding or desires of how they're going to be governed and associated. We don't like your neighborhood association. So we're going to take this cul-de-sac and we're going to secede. And as I say, it can either be peaceful or not. But what we're talking about here is this process of coming out. Coming out of where you were. Revelation. And this is with respect to Babylon. And people spiritualize it, and that may be valid, but Revelation 18. Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plague, for her sins are heaped high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. So what that's saying is, if you continue to exist in a place where you know the institutions are corrupt, when that institution finally gets sanded off, you're going to be part of the sawdust on the floor. That's what God is saying there. Come out of her lest you partake of her iniquities. Remember Lot, who goes down to Sodom. And the angels show up at his door and say, um, Sodom very soon is not going to be anymore. You need to come with us. They had trouble getting Lot to come out. And in fact, his wife didn't make it. And that's also normal. That's the way we are. It's the way we're made as humans. So, to sort of wrap this up, as we come up on Pesach, look around. Look at the institutions that you are part of. As I say, everything from your neighborhood association all the way up as far as you want to go. And look at them and say, are these institutions something I want to be part of? Or do I want to move out? It doesn't have to be a violent thing. You don't have to go and punch somebody in the nose and say, I'm not going to do any more of your stuff. You can just leave. It's okay. But think about these institutions that you're part of. And think about whether these institutions are still serving the purpose for which they were created and for which you joined them. And if they are, great. Associations are fine. But if they're not, I will suggest that you not be bound by inertia. Every one of you has come out of something to be sitting here. Get used to it. You're going to continue to have to come out of things because it's the nature of human organizations that they eventually rot. And that's just part of who we are as people. And what you don't want to do is sit around in a rotten place simply because your inertia says, well, it's easier to stay in this rotten place than it is to move or than it is to go clean up the rot. That's the other option. You can, you can also clean up the rot. But I will tell you, corrupt institutions do not reform themselves. Something external has to change them. Whether it's God reaching in there and giving you hip deep in locusts, or hip deep in Romans, or hip deep in Babylonians, or hip deep in Assyrians, or whatever you're hip deep in, those organizations all have to be changed from the outside. They will not reform themselves voluntarily.
So, you've all come out. You're all used to coming out. Look around and decide if there's anything else you want to come out of. Please consider becoming a sponsor. Please visit crimsonthread.com purpose for an explanation of what we're doing and perhaps to become a sponsor. Thank you. Et ta